and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com my name is abhishek and joining me from bangalore is the associate editor of forbes india meetu jay shankar hi meetu hi abhishek meetu for the ones who are listening this for the first time has been with us on a couple of other occasions to talk about uh, the huge uid project then infosys and about tanishk as well and from mumbai we have our very own podcast veteran if i may call him that shishir prasad the deputy editor hi shishir Hi, and uh, this uh, issue's cover story is not about the hot news that hits the stands every week like an acquisition one company taking over the other but it talks about a uh, hawkeye's view of how the indian information technology industry as such has transitioned so meetu can you take a shot at explaining exactly what it's about and how did you guys conceive this particular cover story yeah sure the biggest event uh, i think for the entire industry was the recession when which sort of happened 2 years ago after that you know and we saw growth rates slowing down in the it industry particularly now what had also happened is that the way the clients look at their own businesses also has also changed and there were a number of factors one was obviously that there was lesser money to spend on it budget so everybody wanted to be more efficient and and find a way to do things differently mm-hmm. the other was that there's been a um, sort of a building up pressure from different technologies uh, we we all know about social media about mobility uh, and things like cloud and all so that's also forcing them to relook at their own business and how they could you know uh, look at using technology differently to enable new business models now unlike in the past and and this is what we feel is going to be the inflection point as business comes out of recession they will be under pressure to find new ways of of selling new ways of doing business and they also have to cope with technology which is shifting very rapidly and and technology will really be the backbone uh, you know on which the new business models will ride so which is what we feel will be the combined pressure of all these forces is what we think will be an inflection point for the IT industry and as service providers to that industry it might lead to inflection point for the IT IT services industry in India as well in a way are we saying that the IT uh, services industry has reached a, a point where it wants newer ways to make money for example if you asked any any foreign firm as to why did they off- outsource their uh, services back to india then there was one common thread that bound all their answers it said that cost benefit so india was right up there when it said that cost advantage india had that and i i also quote from your article that indian engineers once upon a time were called cyber coolies in the sense that they could write those long pages of code so is there a vast difference between an indian it company say like an infi or a tcs a decade back and now because the perception hasn't changed much uh, is it right to say that they're trying to do a few things to change their uh, image i i think that's been one of the you know issues that they've sort of had which is that the work that they began with and it's still to be very honest it does form the bulk of that the, the bulk of the work is still that but at the margins they have been trying to change i think for the last 5 7 years mm-hmm. every time you try and move into a slightly more premium segment which in this industry would be higher value services or more complex assignments is always very hard for a economy player to sort of make himself more uh, heard or his perception change so i think some of the work and mitu can sort of highlight a little bit about that is that they have been trying to do work all of them which are interesting which are some of which might it stand the scrutiny of even the biggies like let's say you know uh, accenture or ibm not large volume that's let's be honest about it. but yes 
in that way, what these companies were, let's say, 10 years ago and what they are today would be different. Aren't they struggling in a way because you, you mentioned IBM and Accenture. So there are these companies who have always backed their clients because they, you know, provide those so-called consulting solutions which are at a premium. In fact, India's largest air conditioning company, for instance, it went for its SAP implementation through IBM when the same work can be done by, let's say, an INFI or a TCS. So I, I would disagree slightly and it's because any other opinion should in comment. Uh, the example that you mentioned is simply that's not really very high value. In the sense that you know ERP implementation is to, without sounding you know derogatory is also 2002 or 2003. That's over and done with. And you know there I think somebody who does a you know cost-effective solution will win. And perhaps IBM has been very serious about India, and so obviously they're trying to win. And and that that was a lack for Indian companies. You know, while they were trying to win the world, these companies came into their backyard and you know sort of set up their shop. And you know, some of them succeeded very famously. A couple of instances which we mentioned in the article as well. However, the reality is that if and me too will sort of come in here. And me too, why didn't you talk about what uh, you know a very large uh, global you know, CIO of a very 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 large one of the top ten firms in the world told you about Indian companies? Sure. So, uh, you know, and I, I agree with Shishir, uh, uh, and I would disagree slightly with you, Abhishek. Uh, you know, if you look at even the size that companies are operating in, I mean, TCS is, I think, close to 8 billion. Many are in the 5 to 6 billion. So, obviously, so already they are, you know, in the big company league. Now, that that aside, what Shishir says that, you know, we were having a conversation with one of the largest sources to the industry. And I mean, and this is a company that has multiple business units, and, you know, works across the globe. Now, they work with 11 suppliers and, you know, many of which are, are Indian companies and not just the big ones, but also the mid-sized and the small ones. And what this person told me is that, you know, he's been looking at the industry from 1995 and he says that he, he would back an Indian IT company like a TCS or an Infosys or even a Wipro any day over a, a large MNC company. You know, and they have reached that sophistication and that level of uh, of expertise now that it's not no longer just about them being seen as low cost providers. And what he says is that the only area perhaps that the lag still is in you know being able to articulate their own case, which is making a sales pitch. If you look at competence, he says he would back an Indian uh, an Indian IT player any day against the the biggies and multinationals also. So possibly you know. And again, this is something I'm sort of making it up as I, even as I speak. You remember the time when the, the Japanese car industry was sort of, you know, growing up. And it took a long time for them to come up with Lexus and to create. Uh, even today, they don't have a luxury car sort of positioning in consumers' mind. That still belongs to the Germans and the, and the, and the Brits or whatever. But the fact is that it takes a really long time to shed the perception of that uh, of the fact that you're doing something which is very essential, mm-hmm. but perhaps is no value added. So uh, this guy also told uh, Mitu that, you know, some Indian companies, some of the, all the, uh, some very, very interesting solutions and, you know, uh, the way a customer's business also can improve. And he sometimes regrets that because of his internal resistance inside his company, some of those ideas don't get adopted. So I think it ties back to what Mitu said about this guy, which is that they're not very good at perhaps selling the message. Right. But otherwise, I think that the, the stuff that they make or the stuff that they deliver is a, is probably as good in certain areas of business. So, would I be right if I say that uh, in this particular domain, which is the 
the differentiator cannot be cost because there are cases where IBM and Accenture have their tenders which are or maybe their quotations if I may use the word are much higher than that of the Indian companies but yet sometimes they do get picked. Is it beyond cost and that there is a big uh, shift uh, and I think the word that is used is tectonic if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Tectonic, tectonic, tectonic yeah. shift in, in, in this industry that from cost to expertise there is a big leap that uh, the Indian IT companies have to take whether it's cloud computing or uh, any other new technology. I think you too will uh, come in on this but I think she is very clear that and which I think is true of the industry as well which is that I don't think it is either or. Mm-hmm. I think the world wants expertise but it doesn't want to let go of the cost factor <laughs> so that means expertise you come and give me expertise, but you also do it at low cost because remember these guys, some of these countries or where these companies are located, right. have been hammered down in the recession and I don't think uh, they, they have recovered fully and nobody knows uh, when that complete recovery is going to complete. So I think Nitu, you want to just talk about that? Yeah, sure. So Abhishek, I think the forces are, it's still a twin force kind of a thing. So there is taking costs out of operations is what the industry focused on for the last many years and that's not going to go away. As Shishir rightly said, there are no budgets. So, you know, if you look at some of the inflection points which we, we have detailed in the story, mm-hmm. at every, you know, at every stage, whether it was when, when the industry moved to a client-server thing or, or when the internet boom happened, it was accompanied by a lot of, you know, extra money flowing in. So, CIOs had a lot of money to fund these new projects. Now, unlike those times, this time around, their costs are under a lot of pressure. So, you know, what they have to do is they have to find creative ways to fund this new development. So, which is, which is I think, good for the Indian IT industry because they're so good at taking costs out. Right. At the same time, what the question that you were asking is, will there be a shift in their focus? Mm-hmm. There, there have to be, you know. Um, they have to now also go after what everybody keeps saying, the revenue side of the business. And, you know, I was looking at one of the slides, uh, one of the presentations made by a Gartner analyst, and he was saying that in, in some years, you know, even for CIOs of Global 2000 companies to justify their incomes, they will have to find ways in which, it, you know, the company's revenues grow. Now, that is something that has never happened before. So as the CIO also sort of starts to move his focus from just taking costs out of operations to finding new ways to fund revenues, the suppliers also have to follow that same trend. So I think, like Shishir says, it's not an either-or situation, it's a man situation. Right. You also mentioned initially a bit about social media and, and some part of the article does talk about how uh, Facebook, Twitter and all other sites uh, or services are, are coming into the fray. Do you see that uh, Indian companies are slightly skeptical or IT companies I'm talking about using these to uh, help their clients? When, for instance, Dell not very long ago had made a release in the papers that it credited Twitter for up to $50 million of its sales because of a particular campaign that they had done through an IT company out there. See, Abhishek, also, you know, a lot of the clients for these companies are global. So, you know, we will, you know, we do not sort of see what work those banks or those large automobile companies are doing, be able to know whether TCS has done it or not. Now, are they sort of lagging behind a little bit on thinking about some of these new technologies? I think they were. For example, very few companies have a well-articulated position on the cloud, but that has changed. And I think Shishir can talk about that. He saw the launch of uh, TCS's on, uh, you know, on cloud solution. But they are beginning to 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 understand. I mean, they understand the importance of it. Right. They have not yet articulated a position on it. Maybe a large company like TCS has already done it. Mm-hmm. But there is there is a lot of thought going on inside. And maybe Shishir can talk about the ion solution that. Uh, 
and then there would be a lot of hype that would sort of get built up and you know so those are sort of you know, things that you know those companies are very good at doing and that's not taking away that's probably legitimate part of marketing but yeah. uh, these companies i think know that if they try and indulge in something like that perhaps they may not be believed that strongly so so i think as time goes by and they are you know let's say their platform succeed perhaps they can start using that trick to really build a buzz around some of the stuff that they're launching right and finally in in, in your article you also mentioned interestingly in the end that to execute uh, this new level of uh, solutioning talks about the company structure the article so how important is that in the scheme of things and not, i think meetu last time you also have covered the, the story of the co ceo model of wipro being replaced by uh, mr kurian one when he was asked to take over will the company structure matter because now the whole the way the business is being conducted will shift from just writing long codes to to providing solutions so probably new sbus etc i think it will uh, and and more than just the sbu part mm-hmm. uh, because that part obviously gives you nimbleness and agility so if you're looking at solving a bank's problem you must have a core group of uh, people who understand how a bank works so more than that it is also to do with the weight of the organization and everybody we talk to these days says that including the companies themselves are very very conscious of the fact that they are at 125 150000 people now managing such a large workforce is challenging and you know making those sharp turns as technology changes also becomes difficult so there is a lot of thought on you know which is where i think a lot of these models flow to into the non linearity argument that you know if is there a way to grow your revenue without necessarily growing the workforce in tandem one of the points that we didn't put in the story is that some of the largest companies and you don't talk about Indian Railways here, yes. you leave that out. The largest companies probably employ just about 400,000 people or something like that. I don't think if, if my knowledge is correct. So these companies are already probably reaching half that size. So this is an extremely large number of people and it's like an, you're marching an army. Unless you have a command structure or a, or a way in which you can quickly galvanize yourself around new development, now the bets are higher. These guys are much bigger and so obviously they would be under threat from nimble competitors either at home or abroad they don't want to get into the situation which let's say the global it guys got let's say 10 12 years ago when they were big and they were not very customer sort of you know focused at that time which allowed these guys to get in, into the door so i am sure absolutely the search for a simplified structure is is on at i i would say almost all big it companies right well on that note it's time to wrap up this podcast thanks a lot meetu and shishir for your time Thank you very much okay. and uh, for all you guys listening out there you can get this podcast on business.in.com as well as theindicast.com and you can subscribe to the magazine Forbes India by messaging Forbes to 51818 that's Forbes to 51818 please comment would love to know your views thanks a lot again meetu shishir thanks bye bye, bye. bye.